Disruptive CEO Nation is the place where young entrepreneurs and company founders tell it like it is when it comes to their journey, vision, technology, culture, and whatever they feel like. Your host, Allison K. Summers, believes how you choose to play the world is completely up to you, and her guests prove it. Now let's get disruptive. Hi, Disruptive CEO Nation. This is Allison Kay, and we have a special treat for you today. Rather than having one entrepreneur, founder, amazing business professional, we have two. We are about to hear the story of how you can use socks to change the world. Um, and so I can't wait for you to hear this story of not only the founder's story of getting the business up and running, but how they embrace social enterprise. So um, without further ado, I would like to welcome to the show, Ryan Preissner and Ryan Roth. So welcome. For having us. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start with, um, tell the audience what your company is and what your specialty is. So we are an online retailer that sells primarily fun, colorful socks. Um, we started about seven or eight years ago, and we realized that there was a niche for fun, colorful socks online, um, and we wanted to certainly offer products that were unique to us. Um, and so now, today, we exist as a retailer that sells not only our own brands, but we have um, several national brands that we carry as well. And so you, online, you're operating under the name of Bold Socks, correct? Boldsocks.com? Fantastic. And so tell us a little bit um, about truly just getting the company started and off the ground. Sure. Uh, this is Ryan Preissner. Um, and I was the one who, who originally founded Bold Socks. And um, I'd been trying uh, various different uh, entrepreneurial ideas, um, kind of looking for, for the one that would finally take off. And uh, after experimenting with a handful that all failed, um, stumbled across the idea of socks. And um, it never uh, would have been one I would have expected um, as a business idea for me. Uh, is actually one of our other business partners, uh, his name's Adam Whitmore, started wearing some interesting socks to work. Um, and this was in 2010, 2011. Uh, we were working at a company called Gordon Food Service, um, both working in the marketing department um, in a very you know big corporate environment, um, which which really wasn't wasn't me, um, which probably is why I was always looking for for side businesses to experiment with. Um, but I also found there too that um, you know socks became something fun I could do with the wardrobe um, at work. Uh, it was a lot more restrictive than I would have liked it to be. And socks were a fun way where I could really wear whatever I wanted uh, under, you know, under my dress pants. And uh, so between Adam and I, we really started um, kind of going back and forth with who could find the best dress socks. Um, and what we found, you know, back then is there wasn't a lot of good options uh, for places to buy uh, the kind of socks we were looking for. Um, and it's so mainstream now. I mean, you can find interesting, fun socks at so many different retailers th these days. 
Um, but back then you couldn't. Um, and there were a couple websites that were okay, but nothing that was really like what we uh, envisioned and what we were looking for. Uh, so one day I just said to Adam, hey, I think we should, we should start a sock website. And he thought it was a decent idea. So we, we decided to go for it. And I think our listeners are probably going, Allison, what does socks and technology and the future of work all have in common? But, um, but your website is absolutely delightful and engaging. And it's not just socks. It's you, you are in that highly um, customized realm. So, so tell us a little bit about how you expanded from the idea to all the different things you do with socks. Yeah, this is Ryan Roth again. Um, I think one of the things we realized is we started the business. So the first year we did about $3,000 worth of business. Um, and we started to see some traction the second year. And it's certainly grown since then. But what we recognized throughout the process is that um, our customer base is really giving us unique opportunities to continue to respond in unique ways. And so uh, about three or four years in, we decided to launch our own brand called Statement Software. And really the idea was we wanted our customers to be able to resonate in a unique way with our products. And so we looked at different ways that we could not only communicate to them, um, but also have different connection points. So the typical transaction model where you buy a good, um, just didn't do anything for us. We wanted to be able to make a larger impact. And so we started to explore all the different various things that I think anyone that's looking to do social entrepreneurship would. Um, and certainly there are opportunities. You see it with Bombas now. They're actually doing something with homeless. We looked at those opportunities. Um, but it wasn't until I went to a filter build um, that we really started to have some clarity around what we wanted to do. A filter build is essentially an opportunity where you can go um, with this organization called 20 Theaters that we partner with um, and create these filters that are super grassroots. It takes a couple five-gallon pails, puts them together with a, a couple components that actually filter out the water. Um, and at the end of that, there was such a strong camaraderie and, and bond that we had with the products that we were making that we're going to go overseas to Rwanda um, that we all really anxious to see what would happen with these filters. And I ended up getting an email about two or three days later explaining that it was going to take a lot of year-end funding um, and additional resources to actually move these filters from Grand Rapids, which is where we're located, to Rwanda. And it was sort of that disruption moment of realizing that until there's sustainable funding for these organizations, most likely these ac or the access to these things is going to sit um, in a in a warehouse collecting dust. And so we recognize that there is such a, a unique opportunity here to create sustainable opportunities for people um, to get access to clean water. And, and clean water for us represents um, something that actually has a return that's sustainable. So on average, clean water returns a sevenfold return on investment. So instead of just creating a simple one-to-one -one model where we're giving away socks, we're actually creating a, an opportunity for people to start businesses, um, to, to actually live a life with access to a fundamental need that we all have um, but might not recognize. And so that was really a, a big turning point for us of recognizing that this is a space that we want to continue to explore, but we certainly wanted to be able to do it with our own brand. And so BoltSox.com right now sells about 75% of our own goods through statement software. 
but we do offer those other products as well, um, knowing that we need to support the entire retail sector. Um, we do have wool, for example, with Darn Tough and Smart Wool, um, but we also have this, this brand of our own, which is Statement Software. And so I love the fact that you've got a wedding shop and if the wedding party all got their statement socks for each pair of socks, correct me if I'm wrong, it's represents a hundred days of clean water. Is that yep, correct? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, how great and how many, I, I know on your website and I know there's a counter, how many days of clean water have you provided through your model? We've contributed about 31 million days of clean water um, since we launched. And so, yeah, when you're talking about wedding parties and things, you know, you can go from um, just buying one pair for 100 days of clean water. But if you buy for all your groomsmen, you're talking about a couple of years of clean water for someone. And so I think, you know, that, that's a big component of what we're trying to do is, is create the sustainable resource for people. So let's talk about you. You also talk in... Um things that we read about you about ethical supply chain and I know your manufacturing is currently in Colombia so okay. can you tell our listeners more about how you ended up with your manufacturing facility in Colombia and, and what an ethical supply chain looks like to you yeah um, it's it's one of the more intriguing stories for me um, because after we created this this brand that we felt like was doing really great work there was sort of another devastation moment of realizing we had no idea where our products were coming from. We were manufacturing in Turkey at the time. Um, and we had, we had developed a good relationship with someone we really trusted. And we felt like there was some resources there that were available that could guide us. Um, but certainly not to the extent of some of the things that we had actually seen in our personal lives and some of the decisions we were making. So Ryan and I both um, have similarities here where we were, making changes in the products we were buying, the foods we were eating, you know, trying to go the organic route when necessary um, or when possible. And the, the realization that some of the clothes that we were buying and some of the things that um, we were making decisions upon were, were being guided by this idea that there's something bigger happening here. And so we watched some videos like True Cost and some of the other documentaries that reveal some of the harsh realities of the fashion industry. And it was at that time that we really started to think long and hard about what we were doing um, and the outputs that we had, that we didn't want to be hurting one society while we were trying to help another. And so we ended up doing a mini documentary series with my church at the time, actually. Um, and I had never been down to Columbia before, but we decided to go down with Pastor um, and somebody that had pretty much made his life's work out of identifying human trafficking and things like that. Um, so that I was, I was asking the right questions, doing the right things, trying to make sure that we had the right pieces in, um, in place to be able to offer the products with transparency that we would want. And so um, we ended up going down there and um, making sure that essentially we were partnered with the right group. And we knew that they, they offered something that a lot of these other manufacturing companies don't, which is a vertically integrated supply chain. And the value of that is from the time that the cotton is picked until it's actually manufactured and distributed, they have complete control and oversight. So instead of brokering these relationships and trying to find cheaper and cheaper socks, which Ryan and I, when we'd walk these um, trade shows in Vegas and things, we'd get people that would give us their numbers um, and how much they could manufacture a sock for. And it'd be like 60 cents or 70 cents. And to make that sort of thing possible, there's so many corners that need to be cut. Um, that just 
that, that devastate cultures, that devastate societies. Um, and we didn't want to be a part of that. So we wanted to be able to see the entire thing. So when we went down to Columbia, it was this awesome opportunity to get to see each step along the way and the ways that they were manufacturing um, and the ways that they were actually honoring their employees. So instead of you know, using as many temp workers as possible so that they won't have to do benefits and things like that, they were trying to, to build up opportunities to grow um, and to see upward mobility as a, not only just a possibility, but as something that's built into their culture. Um, I mean, these are guys that have uh, a platinum rating um, in their human resources just because they're doing such unique things. It, it was almost a, a unique experience from our standpoint to walk away feeling like the work that they were doing in many ways was better than a lot of the facilities that we'd ever see here in the U.S. Well, and here's what I absolutely love is, you know, I'm listening to you talk, but at the same time, because um, I'm at my desk with multiple computers, I, I have your statement software story playing in the background. And even if I watch it without any words, without any sound, um, I'm able to see these factories and I'm able to see what that environment is that those workers are making these beautiful, beautiful socks in. And I, I can see the whole story. So I think you've done an excellent job of, of sharing that with the world. It's, it's, it's right there for everybody to see. Well, thank you. I, you know, I think it's unique for us because it's not as tangible of a story as some of these other things. So like a one-for-one -one model is really easy for people to understand because you're buying a pair and giving a pair. Um, but there's something special to us knowing that our mission has um, – been really intentionally and deeply thought about in terms of making sure that this is something that can go on forever. You know, the, that once you give people access to clean water, it changes their entire trajectory. Um, it doesn't just give them a pair of clean socks for a day. It gives them um, a unique opportunity to explore life in a completely different way because they're not walking four or five miles just to get access to clean water. Um, they're building businesses. They're spending time with their families. Um, I think it's, it's a really cool experience to be participating in that. And then also knowing that um, we're not harming another society like Colombia, but actually creating a beautiful version of globalization and understanding that we can partner with other societies and do it well. Um, it isn't always about leveraging, um, but sometimes it's about partnership and relationship. Well, and let's, um, flipping back to, to like straight business talk, I, you know, because some people are looking for solutions for whatever their products are in, in, in different ways. How, um, how difficult is it to get your products, um, once they're manufactured in Colombia, back? Do you bring them all back to North America before you distribute them around the world? Do, they, do you have distribution from Colombia? Tell us a little bit about how you manage that. Yep. So... We currently have our headquarters here in Grand Rapids, and so everything that's manufactured in Colombia makes its way through Miami in a port there, um, and then makes its way up to Grand Rapids, and then we'll actually distribute it from there. So if we have an order that goes to Canada, for example, um, we'll actually bring it into the U.S., and then we'll ship it out to Canada, um, and then, you know, there's complexity there with certain duties and things like that. But, you know, I think the, the model that we've tried to create is, is simplifying. When Ryan and I were first looking at moving out of our basements, um, one of the first struggles that we had was that we had two storage garages and we were looking at adding a third. Um, so the idea that we could simplify it and all bring it under one roof with our new headquarters was something that, that really intrigued us. Um, 
And it also offered us an opportunity to have our first retail store, which is in Grand Rapids, which is a fun opportunity to, instead of just being an online business that doesn't get an interface with their customers besides through support emails and things like that, um, was actually a way to watch customers come in and shop our store, get to understand our story. We could put our filter in the store. You know, I think that there's, there's different things that we could do that were just fun and unique for us to be able to better tell that story. Okay, so I have to I have to ask, and I'm going to go um, back uh, to Ryan Prisoner. Is is Prisoner is Ryan? If I have this correct, you've got a nice full house of of a big family at home, correct? That is correct. Yes. So so I liked. Yeah. I, how do you do? You have any tips for our entrepreneurs who are trying to do and achieve what you've achieved, and and still? Because um, I think it's it's a lot of stress to be like I'm going to be this entrepreneur and I've I've got these kids at home that I've got all these responsibilities do you have any any tips for our listeners on how you've kept things balanced yeah uh I mean I I think I've done a lot of things wrong early on <laughs> and, uh, you know I, I think you have to come to that realization at some point um to, and decide like I'm actually gonna work on balance um in my life um, and so it really has to be a, be a conscious choice. I think if you, if you're making, you know, your business, your top priority and you're putting a hundred percent of your effort into that, you know, there's not going to be a lot of space left, um, for your family. Um, and so early on, like I said, I, I can't say that I, I did things right. Um, but I think Ryan and I, um, have both made a lot of changes in the last few years really to, uh, better balance ourselves. Um, one thing that both of us do now is that we work uh, four days a week. And so uh, Tuesdays is my day off. Um, and uh, my wife actually homeschools. So in the morning, um, I'll do a one-on-one -on -one, uh, with each of the kids and, and I'll rotate it from week to week. And uh, we'll go either do something fun or something they want to do. Uh, this week, my son wanted to bake potato chips. So we made five different flavors of potato chips. Um, and it was awesome. And, and then in the afternoon on Tuesdays, uh, my wife and I do a day date and the kids hang out uh, with her mom. Um, so, you know, my advice would be make intentional time for your family. Um, that that's my, you know, that's your top priority. Um, you know, work, work comes second to that and, and make it to your family by, by setting that time aside um, and making it, you know, a top priority in your life. So you guys have gone from the, the, as you said, your first full year in business, $3,000, the, the supplies in your garage to getting bigger to, you know, being this international company now. Um, where are you going in the future, if we come back and talk to you in, in two or three years, what's, what's the dream? I think for us, the dream is um, starting to spread the word on, on what social enterprise can actually do. And I think um, there's so much potential for businesses to do good far beyond the corporate profits. Um, and I feel like a lot of the work that we're trying to do cuts into our profits, if nothing else. And so um, my big vision, you know, certainly there's product vision and things like that where we want to move more into the custom space and be able to offer unique products that nobody else offers and really put our work into design and make sure that 
Um, it really resonates with our customers. But I think our, our long-term vision is, is really creating a mix of products, um, you know, whether it's just socks or some slight version of men's accessories, women's accessories, that sort of thing, um, that resonate with not only, you know, doing good, but, but thinking about it holistically in a way that um, we're actually doing good for the world. You know, I think that's that whole piece that had us so concerned um, is like if we're really intentional about making good choices for um, impacting the world, we knew that it couldn't just be clean water. It had to be manufacturing as well. Um, and I, I don't think it stops at those two things either. I think that there are opportunities to make much more tangible changes in environment. Um, and so I think that that's where I'd love to see us go in the future is, is having a message um, of social impact, social good, as well as environmental impact, environmental good, um, with products that, that people can have fun with and enjoy um, so that it's not just um, buying cheap products and continuing to race to the bottom, but it's actually more of a race towards um, these companies that are, are doing things that um, put others first. I, I really sincerely appreciate your story. I'm, I'm so grateful that you joined the show and that you've given us things to think about. I am sure um, people might have questions for you or want to know more about your products. So what is the best course of action that our listeners can take if they want to connect to you? Yeah, we'd love to have them visit our website, boldsocks.com. Um, certainly, we have lines of uh, communication that you can certainly send us an email, give us a call, um, but we love interacting with our customers. It's one of the things that we put ourselves on is treating our customers right um, and making sure that they have the best experience possible. And so um, shoot us a note, give us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And tell us again, the organization that you are supporting, is it 20leaders.org? Yep. Okay. Um, 20, yeah, 20 is in two zero, and then leaders is in L-I-T-E-R-S, not leaders like people. <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, thank you again so much. Um, and to everybody that listened, again, if you have questions for Ryan or Ryan, or you want to learn more, and I do think it is worth your time taking a quick peek at what they offer on their website because I don't think we've done it uh, justice and I'm not just trying to to push you guys <laughs> and sell your products but um, but I do think it it is a big variety of a quality of, of different things and people should take a look and, and should support your cause that that you feel so mission driven um, in your ethical supply chain and social enterprise model so um, that's it for this episode of disruptive CEO nation um, please again share this podcast if you think they said something that would resonate with other people please subscribe and if you and I aren't personally connected find me on LinkedIn um, I always love to grow my network thank you and thank you gentlemen thank you thank you this show has been produced by market domination LLC to discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.